Come on. Welcome to Money Savage, a savage approach to personal finance. This is George Grombacher, and the time is right. Welcome to today's guest, strong and powerful Lawrence Sprung. Larry, are you ready to do this? I am ready. Thanks, George, for having me today. You bet. Excellent. Let's do this. Larry right. entered the financial industry in 1996 at a small boutique firm. He went on to Solomon Smith Barney and Bank of America Investments before founding Midland Financial in 2014. He is also on the board of the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. I'm excited to have you on. Larry, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do. Yeah, sure, George. Uh, thank you again for having me. Um, you know, uh, the work that I do is very important. I think that, um, you know, financial planning and wealth management is something that everybody needs to think about because money touches everybody's life in one way, shape, or form. And to kind of give you an inkling of why I do what I do and how I ended up here, um, as a very young child, my mom was diagnosed with cancer uh, at a very young age. And uh, she's actually part of the namesake of my firm. She's the LIN, Linda, of uh, Midland Financial. And uh, I saw what my family went through uh, in order to financially work through an illness in the family. And quite frankly, that resonated with me, stayed with me, and really, I believe, led me down the path of uh, where I am today, which is basically looking to help people design and develop financial plans and then execute them uh, to perhaps make sure that if they encounter a bump in the road in their financial life, whether it be an illness uh, an unexpected event like loss of a job or disability, that they'll be better prepared for those types of situations. And that's really what brought me here today to uh, be in the wealth management field, really. Got it. And it's it's the absolute truth and sometimes the, the sad truth that that money is a part of every single aspect of our lives, good and bad. Um, and I think all too often, uh, we try to separate those two things out. We just try to separate money from all these different things, but it's such an important part. Um, and the habits that we have are, are going to be so the, the habits we have for saving and spending, but also the habits and, and how is money connected to, to every other aspect of our lives is such an important thing. And I think sometimes overlooked. So I very much appreciate that. Sure. Yeah, I mean, I, I couldn't agree with you more. Unfortunately, we don't want to think that money, uh, you know, to some degree uh, is responsible for a lot of these things. But if you look at a lot of the decisions of our lives or road uh, blocks or forks in the road, a lot of them tie back to financially related decisions or financially related impacts. So what have you found? I, I know that you've had the benefit of of being in the business for for a little while, a good little while, and mm-hmm. and now you're getting to work with the children and maybe even the grandchildren of, of some of your clients. So I'm always curious what, what some of the through lines that you see of folks that are successful with money. What yeah, I mean, I, I, I wish I could say that there's really a direct,
direct correlation from one generation to the next. Um, but we're finding more and more that it's really an education process from one generation to the next. And what, what I mean by that is we're seeing, and I, I think this roots back to, you know, what, what's the statistic that, I don't remember what the percentages are exactly, but if you look at, for instance, family-owned businesses, typically they don't last beyond the second and third generation, right? Uh, because the, the, uh, the children or the grandchildren don't have the, maybe the same work ethic or maybe the same passion for the business that the patriarch or matriarch of the family did, which led them to found and uh, run that and start that business and make it successful. I, I think that same correlation to some degree uh, comes into play with uh, stewards of wealth. Um, you know, I think that the families that do a great job of teaching the next generation, the kids and the grandchildren, about money and what it means and how to manage it properly, they're far more successful than those that maybe didn't pay attention to that aspect when their uh, children or grandchildren were growing up. And what we find is the ones that have gone through and educated are far more more in line with the patriarch of the family in the management of the money and um, the awareness of the of the financial aspects versus those that have not spent the time in educating the next generation they're not as in line with the patriarch and in some uh, instances you know complete antithesis they don't respect the money they don't respect what the money could potentially do for them and uh, you know there is that disconnect there so you know I guess the the message is if your listeners are out there and they are uh, you know first or second generation wealth creators it's very important for them to educate the next generation uh, if they want that wealth to continue and to continue to be managed and grown in the same fashion that they've done it up until now. It takes work. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. And I think that what sort of jumped into my head while, while, while you were talking was that it's an event and it's a, it, rather it's not an event, it's, it's, it's a process. So if you're mm-hmm. going to hope to help your kids and maybe your grandkids be successful with their money, it's not just a one-time thing. Absolutely not. This is something that has to be instilled at a very young age uh, and basically built upon and you know, re-evaluated and rediscussed year in and year out. You know, I, I think it's pretty clear uh, that the educational system right, is not going to help the youth of our country uh, learn how to manage, deal with, and respect money. It's just something that's not really in the educational system or the curriculum. Uh, so it's really up to us to make sure that we're doing that continuing education to them and for them. And like you said, it's a process. As, that, uh, as they age, 
you know, their expansion of knowledge is going to increase and their ability to understand things is going to increase. And it's really important upon us to uh, bring them to that next level and, and start e educating them about the next level of uh, money decisions that may be coming in their life. And in order for, for somebody to successfully or effectively teach another person about it, I think, in an authentic manner, that person needs to have their act together and have their ducks in a row and really know what they believe to be important with how you allocate money, the things you spend it on, um, your thoughts on giving, all those kinds of things. And just because somebody made a lot of money or started a successful business doesn't necessarily mean that, that, that they know that. So I think it's incumbent upon everyone to, to revisit those things probably pretty consistently also, don't you think? Absolutely. You know, again, it's very, you know, as hard and as difficult and as, as much of a struggle it is to build wealth, uh, it's very easy to destroy it. Um, it can almost evaporate overnight in certain instances. So it's important that, you know, to some degree, it, it may even be a process of not the patriarch or matriarch passing along this knowledge to the next generation, but it may, depending upon the matriarch or patriarch's um, knowledge of money, it, it may mean uh, a collective of them together going and getting educated. And it may be, you know, through somebody like us in a wealth management firm, uh, you know, something we do on a regular basis. We hold family meetings. Uh, so we want to make sure that the family is on there. Everybody is on the same page. Uh, or it may be just going out and getting additional education and knowledge uh, that is not readily available and, and something that you may have to go out and get. But, yeah, it's a, it's a process that has to continue over time. And things change, right? Nothing stays the same. Tax laws change. Uh, different opportunities present themselves, and you have to get educated on them and or surround yourself with the right people got it I, I love I love the the idea and, and the practice of of these family meetings and whether you have a financial advisor you have these conversations with or you don't I think that probably any family can sit down and have these conversations if they're equipped or if they understand sort of the framework so do you have conversations that are, are, are very very common that, that that you seem to have a lot with, 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 with really the, the majority of your clients? Well, I mean, I think when it comes down to these conversations, there's, you know, a, a, a lot of what the family, you know, or the wealth creators are looking to discuss. Um, and what we try to encourage is we want to make sure that the, the family members that would be left behind uh, upon their demise understand what the you know the leader of the family's wishes are with regards to those with their wealth uh, because what we found is over the years is those families that have those upfront discussions and say okay you know upon my demise this is what my expectation is to happen this is how we're planning on the assets being divided this is really kind of our view of what and where we would like things to go from here it makes it for a smoother transition and typically sets up the family for those next steps. Maybe there will be some additional education needed in order to uh, 
for the family members that are left behind to feel comfortable uh, you know, fulfilling those wishes, whereas when those conversations don't happen, uh, to some degree, on occasion, all hell breaks loose uh, when the matriarch or patriarch is no longer here, um, and or it becomes somewhat a, of a spending spree uh, because, oh, well, I have these, these assets that have been, uh, you know, left to us, and now I you know, we never had a conversation, so I think it should be used for this. And maybe there's a good deal of frivolous spending. So we find that, you know, having those conversations up front, letting the, uh, the heads of the family discuss what their goals and objectives are for the family and what the expectations are, you know, help put the family on the right path for what those next steps should be. And perhaps, you know, kind of open up the eyes of the next generation to say, hey, you know what, maybe I've dealt with money, you know, this way up until now, but, you know, this is going to be a sizable amount of wealth, and, you know, I, it's now my responsibility to get educated to figure out how I'm going to help this last perhaps another generation, if not several. Got it. And it seems that the most important conversation to be had is often the hardest one to have so <laughs> and yeah. sadly sadly um when we hear about a, a very famous person be it a celebrity or, or affluent person passing away all too often you hear that they didn't have any estate planning taken care of um and the negative part of me says well this is probably not going to end very well for for the next generation yeah, it, it you know it that is very well uh, that very well happens uh, I think you know fairly often especially with uh, celebrities you know we've seen it happen with um, not necessarily our clients but um, you know, our clients' parents for example where we know that they're coming from a wealthy family and we try to have a discussion to figure out what's the the game plan. And the game plan is that, you know, the leader of the family has said, hey, listen, I'm not doing planning. I don't believe in it. I'm old school. And uh, essentially when I'm gone, it's not going to be my problem. It's going to be yours. And, you know, it, we, we're going through a situation right now with a client where the patriarch, who is not a client of ours, the, the next generation uh, is, uh, the patriarch just basically died without taking care of any of these aspects of his financial life on purpose. And uh, quite frankly, it left a big mess for the remainder of the family, and it causes uh, difficulty. You know, the important thing is there that, you know, we, we have to use that as an example as to, you know, I don't know why you would want your family to have to go through that situation um, when you know, an ounce of pre prevention is worth a pound of cure, right? So they could have gone through some even simple uh, planning processes and mitigated a lot of the concerns that they're uh, facing today. Yeah, yeah, that's a, a scary scenario where just kind of tossing a hot potato or, or maybe a hand grenade is, is, is maybe the better way to do it. So you guys figure it out. Good luck. Yeah, that's uh, essentially what was left, and it, mm -hmm. you know, it was uh, a very, very sizable uh, company, and uh, you know, several siblings involved, and now I think we're about three years into it, and it's still not completely resolved at this point. No, unfortunately, the fangs have a tendency to come out, so 
Yeah. Well, Larry, Savage Nation is ready for your difference-making tip. What do you have for them, sir? Yeah, so, I mean, here's the, here's the key, right? The most important thing where I think people overlook is planning. It, it gets overlooked every day. We spend more time planning for our family vacation than we do our financial life. So if I can leave your listeners with anything, that would be, you know, 40 years old, you're starting to settle down, family, house, it's time to put a plan together. That plan is going to help you smooth out some of the rough patches of what we call critical financial events, events that may be planned, such as a, uh, a marriage or a purchase of a new house or starting to have a family. Some of them are unplanned, death, disability, loss of a job. Get a plan in place because what it's going to allow you to do is when those financial facts and circumstances come into your life, you're going to have a roadmap to help you work through those situations. Well, that is great stuff. That definitely gets a come on. Come on. So, Larry, thank you so much for coming on. Where can Savage Nation learn more about you? Uh, feel free to visit my website at www.mitlinfinancial.com. We have a wealth of information there. We have a blog that's tied into that website as well as our Midland Minute, uh, which is basically a video uh, usually every couple of weeks. We post some great tips there. Uh, or you could always call the office at 844, the number 4, Mitlin, M-I-T-L-I-N. Excellent. Well, Savage Nation, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Larry your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas. Go to Midland Financial, check out the information, check out the blog, as well as the Midland Minute. Thank you again, Larry. Thank you, George. Appreciate the time. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight because we are all in this together. What's up, Savage Nation? Please support the show by subscribing, leave us a review. And definitely feel free to share us with somebody you think would like it. Come on!